0: But your eyes tell you it's true! Shut
1: I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the deck.
2: Why hello and welcome to episode 228 of the KaijuCast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited foes. My name is Kyle, and this is the first episode of March 2018. And this episode is actually a recording of our most recent panel at Rose City Comic Con from 2017. Now, before we get started, don't forget that if you want to send in your Daikaiju discussion homework for Pacific Rim Uprising, please do so before the 27th of this month. So that's the future. Let's go to the past. On September 9th, we put on a panel at Rose City Comic Con called Expanding the Legendary Monsterverse, in which Gretchen, Jeff, and I talked about the monsters in Legendary's Shared Monsterverse. Just a note, we did have a microphone for questions, but some of the audience just sort of like spoke up right there from their chairs and we just interacted with them. It was way more fun than actually just saying, hey, excuse me, could you get up and go to the microphone? So I tried to like amplify some of the unmiked questions, but I think we sort of rehash most of what we're talking about so you'll be able to figure it out Anyway, I think that because we spend so much time in this panel presentation going over Kong Skull Island and the monsters, we're just going to go ahead and listen to Project Monarch by Henry Jackson from Kong Skull Island before diving right into the panel audio. Hello, and welcome to Rose City Comic Con. Yeah. So, before we get started, I always like to ask a question of the audience Does anybody here actually listen to the Kaiju Cast?
3: Some listeners. Some listeners, all
2: right. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited foes. My name is Kyle. I am the host of the Kaiju Cast, which you can find at kaijucast.com. If you are so inclined to check out a podcast, all about giant monsters. Here at my right, your left, that's me. <laughs> we have Gretchen. Hi. Say hello to Gretchen.
3: Oh, I like that picture. That's from my Japan trip.
2: <laughs> I didn't like, run this by them, which photos of them I was going to post here. But, uh, and then here's Jeff.
3: Yes. <laughs> there you go, Jeff. Jeff
2: is the one in the, the Kiss monster shirt. Yes. Not the guy in the lab coat. Anyway, well, this is a panel called Expanding the Legendary Monsterverse. Who here has seen the legendary Godzilla? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. That's some good audio. <laughs> Who here has seen the legendary Kong Skull Island? Yeah. Nice, nice. Who liked him? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> good. Who has seen Pacific Rim? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we're not covering Pacific Rim at all, because that technically is not part of the Monster Verse. <laughs> This presentation will contain some fan art, so not everything we're showing up here is absolutely like monarch approved. And it will contain some mild spoilers. Does anybody not know anything about the movies that are coming out in the next couple of years? Henchmen. Okay, well, I'm going to say if you don't want to know anything at all, this is probably not the panel for you. Or maybe leave at a certain time. <laughs> um, we'll give but a warning. It's mo- literally, like, little tiny spoilers. Everybody's going to know it when the trailers come out and stuff like that. So we're going to start by expanding the Legendary Monsterverse. Yes. So uh, basically, Legendary and Monarch came out with this timeline. So what we're going to do is we're going to review this timeline. And in the timeline, we're going to talk about the different monsters that appear in this universe and if they have any historical significance to Toho or any other Japanese science fiction monsterverse. So we'll start things off with 1915, and of course Albert Einstein splitting the atom and leading to the atomic age. You might be asking yourself, what does that have to do with giant radioactive monsters? Now, hmm. No, yeah, but uh, in 1943, according to William Randa, His ship, the USS Lawton, was attacked by a giant creature, some kind of giant creature, and I think it said something along the lines of, uh, it showed no remorse, it showed no... (laughs) So uh, that started Randa's infatuation with giant creatures. 1946, Monarch was founded, according to the legendary MonsterVerse, by President Truman. Uh, And then in 1946, a swarm of creatures, single celled organism creatures appeared in the Philippines and they were uh, labeled Shinomura which means swarm of death and it caused a whole bunch of destruction and if you're not familiar with these events this actually took place in the comic Godzilla Awakening which came out from Legendary. And essentially Shinomura was the first recorded MUTO and had, you know, some basic powers. The the real one that sort of relates to anything in the giant monster universe from Japan is this sort of ability to separate itself into small organisms, much like Destroya. If anybody's familiar with Destroya?
3: Yeah. Yay.
2: He's on my arm. I love that monster. Uh, so uh, so that's Shinomura, and Shinamura sort of like came and went, got attacked by Godzilla at the time. And uh, we're going to go ahead and move along to 1952's Smog of London, the Great Smog of London. Anybody actually heard of this event? It is actually a real life event where 4,000 people actually died in London for, in uh, 1952 from this literally killer smog. Was Nora
3: involved? Right? I don't know. That's what I was Was looking.
2: he involved? You might be able to see something in the smoke in that slide. <laughs> Well, Monarch theorizes that it was potentially a, a giant creature's wings that created all that uh, stuff. But I don't really know what the real story is. No one knows what the real story is. Right, Jeff? Nobody knows. It's all speculation right now. Then in 1954, a giant beast appeared. They called him Godzilla or Gojira, <laughs> And so Monarch went global, expanding to different countries and really just kind of taking care of business as best they could with the military's help. In 1959, the monarch established a Siberian research facility. Who knows what could be under that ice? And then in 1973, they went to Skull Island with the help of Landsat and the uh, 1st Aviation Brigade 3rd Assault Helicopter Company. And that is where we see the events from Kong Skull Island. For those who have seen Kong Skull Island, Who can tell me, like, what makes that Kong different from other King Kongs we've seen in movies? Yell it loud, though. Um, He's
0: still growing.
2: He's still growing. That's one thing, yeah. He's protecting. Sure, he's protecting instead of on the offense. He's bipedal. He's bipedal, yes. That's actually the one I was going for. He's standing way more upright. If you've seen the 1962 King Kong versus Godzilla or the 1976 King Kong movie from Dino De Laurentiis, those are played by a man in a suit, a man in a monkey suit, and so that, I believe, is why they made Kong more bipedal, to really give him the sort of human-esque advantage over Godzilla, spoiler alert, for 2020. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Uh, did you guys like Kong and his, yeah. his skull island form? Absolutely. How would you compare that to, say, like the Peter Jackson Kong or the 33 Kong?
3: Well, like the Peter Jackson one, he's kind of crawling, like does the the you know the bi- the all fours.
2: Less bipedal, yes. more quadrupedal.
3: And he uses weapons.
2: This one does, yes, for sure.
3: This guy.
1: Yeah, this this Kong in Skull Island to me seemed a lot more humanistic than uh, any other Kong iteration we've seen before.
2: Yeah, and he's like really peaceful too. Like that was kind of the cool thing about him is like he's defending. Somebody said he's like helps people out. Yeah. So that's honestly that's one of the best things I like about Kong in that movie. It's not something that people fear and they're not worshiping him in that sort of way. He's sort of like their king and he treats them well as long as they, you know, they and the other animals don't act up. And when he's attacked, he definitely attacks for sure.
1: I don't know about you guys, but I thought Kong was like he was my favorite character in the whole movie.
2: (laughs) Then of course we have Skullcrawlers, as named by Hank Marlowe. I really wanted to cosplay as him, by the way, but I did not have the time. You to... totally should have. I t- totally could have made that happen, right? You're all gonna die. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the Skull Crawlers. Now the Skull Crawlers. I don't really see any real resemblance to Toho monsters. They're pretty cool looking, but that skull on the face really reminds me of the very first. Anybody watch Ultraman? In Ultraman, the very first series, uh, there's a monster named Gabora, which, as you see on the screen here, he's sort of got like a skull crawler look to his head, and then later on, that those um, panels, for lack of a better term, open up, and then his actual head is underneath. But that's the only thing that I thought when I saw skull crawlers. They're really cool monster designs, but something about the fact that they have the two arms and, and no, no legs. legs, yeah, it's just creepy. <laughs> creepy in a good way, though. Uh, moving right along to another monster we saw in the movie, Mother Longlegs, or as some people call it, the bamboo spider. <laughs> this is uh, one of the more terrifying scenes in the film for me. I mean, and I'm not afraid of spiders or anything, as long as you don't ask my family. <laughs> there's also a really cool, uh, I don't have a, a slide of it, but there's also a really cool homage to... Um, the zombie was the... Cannibal oh, Holocaust. The Holocaust. Yeah, because yeah, of
0: the yeah. spearing.
2: Good stuff, if you like horror movies, anyway. <laughs> so how'd you guys dig the uh, the long legs?
3: It's totally terrifying. <laughs> it's a freaking spider that's gigantic.
2: I think it depends if,
1: I mean, you know, any spider that large, anybody would be terrified of it. But I think, you know, how much, how you react to it depends on if... You have
2: arachnophobia or not,
1: right? Right. It's terrifying,
3: it's terrifying.
2: I can't imagine walking through that bamboo forest and actually having arachnophobia and seeing that thing above you. I
3: would be scared of the ones that are like this big.
2: (laughs) Now there is a spider in the Toho universe. You guys familiar with Kumonga, who first appeared in 1967, Son of Godzilla and uh, then of course showed up in Destroy All Monsters to kick Ghidra's ass later on? Uh, The Meyer squid. One of the cooler moments from Kong Skull Island, in my opinion, when Kong gets attacked very briefly by the Meyer squid, and then makes a meal out of him. (laughs) Speaking of calamari. uh, Anybody know this monster? Gazora. Who said that? You said it? Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, you did, Connor. So like, Gazora is from a movie called uh, Space Amoeba, or Yogg Monster from Space. It came out in 1970. It's very quirky, very kind of cool about an alien invasion story that turns these creatures, normal creatures, like a cuttlefish, into a giant monster. It also uh, affects a rock turtle and some kind of crab as well, creating Camibus and Ganyme. But we'll move along to more Skull Island monsters with the Scare Buffalo. Oh,
3: I love that one.
2: This is a really cool, like idea for, it's less of a monster, obviously. The Scare Buffalo is just a huge buffalo, so it's a it's a mammal, which is very different from what we're used to seeing in giant monster movies. I know that there have been a lot of Ultraman, mammalian kaiju, but for the most part I think most of what we see are lizard-like, bug-like monsters for the kaiju stuff.
3: Kind of a Mononoke quality yeah. to oh, it. Oh, like. it
2: definitely has a Mononoke quality.
3: Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I was like, maybe it's a love letter.
2: Yeah, you could see it with that, like, if it gave it a more human face, it'd be like the oh, spirit be... god in the forest. I don't know
3: if it'd go from cute to <laughs> not so cute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, they had the leaf wings. They never mentioned some of these names in the movie. And actually, some of the monsters we're going to cover, the beasts we'll cover in this, but they weren't actually in the film either. But they're part of the canon, part of the lore, so I decided to include them. The leaf wing is uh, what Colonel Packer shoots in the head, and then when he does that, the tree that's holding the entire nest of them basically flies away, and it's really kind of a cool, terrifying moment. They also grab one of the scientist guys off the boat and slice him in half. Yeah, rip him apart in the air. (laughs) I know, why am I laughing? Anyway, uh, moving on to the next one. The spore mantis. Now, the spore mantis is a pretty big monster, but clearly a peaceful one if you saw uh, him be attacked completely unnecessarily by... um, I don't even remember the character's name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not, not his fault at all. But the spore mantis, you know, another bug-like creature, kind of reminds me of Comacarus, also a That's creature a that debuted in uh, 1967's Son of Godzilla. <laughs> uh, now, they talk about giant ants in the movie, but <laughs> you don't see them. All you do is hear them. So we don't have a photo for them. <laughs> But they exist. They sound like birds, but they're not birds. (laughs) How about that? Is that good?
0: (laughs) That could, that could. Like them, them. yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, now we're getting into some of the creatures we just didn't see in the movie at all. Maybe weren't even created or might show up later. This is the Icarus tiger. Uh, Some versions of this artwork for this this creature actually have horns, like antlers coming off of this head, which is really kind of cool. The Siren Jaw, which does appear, I think it appears later in a comic book as well, but this thing is, like, this is one of those things, like, if they go back to Skull Island, I want to see more of these creatures, because this thing is like a bog-living, crocodilian-style monster. Very similar to a kaiju, I'm assuming. Yes, sir
4: i was actually very surprised that they had a scene where they had the, the soldiers walk through a bog and nothing
2: and nothing happened to them yeah well i'm not here to talk about the like foibles the- of the film you can definitely pull yeah. me over afterwards and i will <laughs> regale you with my true thoughts on all the aspects of kong skull island <laughs> but no I, I hear you yeah yeah back to the timeline they were off skull island Flash forward to 1991, when the Monarch team sets up a quarantine zone around the Isla de Mona volcano for a research facility, under the guise of environmental research. Now, we know that this could be where Rodan is going to appear. We do not know this for sure, but this is uh, sort of a speculated thing amongst kaiju fans. Uh, who here has seen the original 1956 Rodan? Oh, yeah. Yes my first kaiju film ever i'd say that a million times on the podcast how do you guys feel about oh yeah the first winged kaiju classic classic
1: everybody knows at the end of skull island there's a teaser right yes. okay
2: that's because you're all good people yes <laughs> so uh rodan will be in one of the upcoming films we don't know exactly when or where he's going to show up we assume it's going to be in the next film in 2019 this is all fan art here so none of these are actually official designs but here's the original 1956 rodan one of my favorite i mean definitely my favorite iteration of him but he also showed up in 1964 for ghidra the three-headed monster monster zero destroy all monsters godzilla versus mechagodzilla in 1993 and also final wars in 1995 houston brooks's son aaron brooks goes back to skull island at which point they encounter more creatures. And there is a comic book that is out right now, and I cannot remember the title of it, but in that comic, they get attacked by some new monsters, namely the Psycho Vulture, which is a pretty crazy-looking bat-looking thing. In the comic, it has the ability to sort of spit this lightning out of it, and it attacks one of their helicopters. Uh, Also, another... Another monster with a super cool name. (laughs) Death Jackal. It's
3: like my new metal band name. Yeah, right? (laughs) Death Jackal.
2: This is one of those things where I'm like, I wish I could see some sort of Death Jackal thing in the Skull Island. But they appear in the comic. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to 1999, a mysterious creature destroys the Janjira nuclear facility in Japan. Which, if you're ever considering going over to Japan, that is not a real place. (laughs) But it did echo, you know, in real life stuff, it did echo a lot of concerns and a lot of fears that were uh, brought about by the 311 Fukushima tsunami. Sorry. And then in 2005, John Allen goes, (laughs) this is one of those things that's in the timeline, but we don't have any sort of, like, anchor for it. So I'm hoping this actually comes into play, like, they didn't just write it for the hell of it. Uh, So John Allen and his band of mercenary accomplices are trying to breach the walls of a subterranean muto website website, dig site. (laughs) Those mutos, they have killer web skills. They're like really good at uh, (sighs) dark web. They're really good at (laughs) MHTML. In 2009, Dr. Emma Russell and her team uh, discover a gigantic cocoon in a big temple and this is something that was teased at San Diego Comic Con this year. It was pretty much the only thing that came out about the next Godzilla films. Yes. That's the big one there. I mean if you've seen the who's seen the original 1961 Mothra? Yeah. Oh
3: yeah, good.
2: Yeah. Or Mothra vs. Godzilla from sixty
3: yeah.
2: four? Yes. <laughs> Should I do that with everyone? You want me to rattle off every single movie? There? How many
3: Mothra movies? Anyway, Mothra
2: Mothra, somebody here on this panel loves Mothra very much. You. It's, oh you? yeah, me, that's right. <laughs> Respect, Mothra. Who loves Mothra?
3: Mothra. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like how Mothra's the one you get loud for. Well
3: she's awesome. <laughs> Mothra isn't girl is power. Is awesome.
2: Come on. Yeah. And that's a, Mothra's another classic along with Rodan. I think I, one of the things I like about Legendary's decision to use these creatures in the upcoming films is that they are recognizing that those are considered to be like the classic kaiju. You know, these are the, the big four when we get to the fourth. So Mothra's gonna be appearing, more fan art. We don't know exactly what Mothra's gonna look like. Here's the 1961 Mothra. And, uh, of course, the larval version.
3: It's still cute.
2: Still so kawaii.
3: kawaii ne.
1: <laughs> so does anybody wanna see the twins?
3: Yes. yes. Uh, Where are the fairies? Just saying. Fairies. Right?
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ooh. But isn't it? Agreed. Like, I she think needs to be summoned. You can have a Mothra movie without the, without the fairies.
3: Oh, no, they gotta summon her. Yeah.
2: That's what she said. Yeah. All right, who's so who's pro fairies?
1: <laughs> who's anti fairy? No fairies.
3: <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> There's like 70 70- to 1%. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm inflating the numbers of this audience. <laughs> <Don't>, no offense. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> anyway. This next item on the timeline here is literally just another one of those flash-in-the-pan things. Houston Brooks gets a message from his son saying he has more information about Kong's origins and role on the island, like we don't know enough to enjoy it already. In 2014, I'm sure you all remember the giant battle in San Francisco between Godzilla and the two Muto. Muto's? Is that a pluralization thing, like kaiju? Maybe. Anyway, so I'm sure you guys all know Godzilla. (laughs) I didn't even decide to put any Japanese references in here since there's, you know, I had like 28, 29 to choose from. This is actually not fan art. This is a design that Carlos Fuente submitted for the 2019 Godzilla. I'm not sure if he's going to look like that, but that's definitely something that was put on the table.
3: Let's put his hands. I know, hands? right? Like he's kind like, of more uh, like a reptilian. No, after and Godzilla hands, we can't do. <laughs>
2: Oh, the the Japanese didn't like the 1998 Godzilla. Yeah. I have lots of evidence to uh, refute that, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, I went over there in 2014 to shoot a documentary called Hail to the King, 60 Years of Destruction. Thank you. you, you. Hail to the King. And uh, in that documentary, I actually interview a whole bunch of people, uh, not a ton, but some young fans who talked about how much they loved that movie. And I actually, I'm kind of mediocre on it, but the I was really surprised to find people in Japan loving that film. Did really well over there. Not as well as Shin Godzilla, though.
3: Yeah. Shin.
2: Uh, can't, we can digress during this. I'm going to say this, right? Like, I said it on the podcast before. Shin Godzilla is a crazy anomaly. Like, the way that that booby that did so well. Who's seen Shin Godzilla? Yeah. Awesome. Actually, did anybody come see Shin Godzilla when I did the presentation at the Hollywood Theater?
3: Crickets. Some of yes. you. I did. Yeah, I was going to say, you were there. All
2: right. Good, good. You should have all gone. It was pretty rad. I did an awesome job. (laughs) Way better than I'm doing right now. Anyway, Shin Godzilla, you know, this is the first Godzilla movie in 10 years, or 12 years, from Toho. And the last set of movies, which we call the Millennium Series, from 99 to 2004, just performed so terribly at the box office. It's a shame, because they were really doing their best to make those movies, as good as they could be with modern sensibilities and yet, at the same time, hinting back to, um, hinting back, sorry, we're being distracted by the Gudetama versus Godzilla behind you, which is amazing. (laughs) You got it here? Yeah. Oh, you got that here? Come see us later and tell me the number. Anyway, so back to it. The the Millennium series, they tried really hard to make really great Godzilla movies, and I really do love those films for what they are and what they try to be. Some of them missed the mark a little bit, but overall they performed very terribly at the box office, and the guesstimate on American fans' parts was that Toho was probably not going to bring back Godzilla, and then when the American one did so well worldwide, they said, oh, we definitely need to bring back Godzilla. And I was expecting Shin Godzilla to tank just because of as these trends continue down, you know. But it did really, really well. Um, I went with this chump here in the front row to mm-hmm. Japan in January. And it, so it opened up in July, the end of July 2016. January 2017, there were still theaters playing it, which is... Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, I mean, it did so well over there. People really loved it, and something about it really resonated with the Japanese people. So, anyway, sorry for the rants on Shin Godzilla, guys. But, uh, Osaka? <laughs> oh, Universal? I have not been to Universal yet. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, I that actually opened the weekend after everybody left for uh, back for America, but I'm not sure if it's still was it around. Was it awesome?
0: It was. Um, it was. I don't want to give
2: it away. Did you Did you go? Hell yeah! Awesome! <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's freaking
3: amazing.
2: I'm not gonna lie. I would love to go see that. So what we're talking about is uh, Universal Studios. There is a Japanese Universal Studios in Osaka, and they had a four D. Shin Godzilla experience that you could go to. And I only know a few people that went, so that's really cool. Congratulations. Very, cool. Very awesome. Oh, I should get back to this, though. So, uh, so <laughs> back to the timeline. <laughs> we obviously have the Mutos. Uh, so, this is the male Muto. The male is smaller, the male has wings, and the female is the big beast of that relationship. That is all this- <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it is a relationship. They loved each other. You could tell. They just wanted to make babies. <laughs> Take over the world. Who doesn't want that, Jeff? Everyone. <laughs> I don't really see any relation to the Mutos from the Mutos to anything from Japan. You know, you could always say like, well, the you know, the beak reminds me a little bit of Gigan, or the way that it doesn't have a lot of definition in the face reminds you of Doraco from Ultraman. But for the most part, I didn't I thought the Mutos were just kind of cool monsters, not not anything to really write home about, but uh, definitely something that could be worked on in the future. I'm actually, because their name is literally just like UFO, it's not actually a, a name for them. I want somebody to give them actual names that get transferred to some sort of canon materials. How did you guys like those in the in the Godzilla film? I didn't like the design of them.
3: Yeah, but... I thought they were too uh, too sleek. Too sleek? Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're pretty sleek. It was weird, because you could... You couldn't really tell if they had like a leathery hide or if it was like more like a exoskeleton sometimes. But anyway, that brings us to the next timeline event. In 2016, Monarch discovers a super species sealed beneath the Antarctic ice sheet, and uh, the Dr. Vivian Graham has a mysterious note in her uh, in her log. It says the devil has three heads. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right? Mysterious, as it says on the screen. <laughs> Which, at the end of the movie, at Skull Island, we see Ghidra on a cave painting. Uh, this is another Carlos Suente design. Actual design might be what Ghidra looks like in the movie. Some fan art. And this, actually, I think is what inspired that particular thing. So this is from Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. This is when uh, that character, who I don't think he has that actual name in the movie, but he f- is trying to hang himself, and he accidentally falls through a forest floor and finds Ghidra trapped under ice, just like the Metallica song, in uh, <laughs> in the forest. And <laughs> Ghidra is then woken up later, and then uh, does not wreak havoc, but helps the other monsters, the other guardian monsters against Godzilla. Has uh, everybody seen GMK? From 2001. Actually, Ooh, who, has, a lot
3: less who has not seen, seen GMK? A lot
2: of people. Okay, so this movie came out in 2001, like Jeff just said, and it is, in my opinion, the best Godzilla film, best like standard Godzilla film to come out since like the 60s. Uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King uh, <clears throat> Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidira, giant monsters all out at attack. And uh, so it's a big, long title, but it's really great. The same director made the three Heisei Gamera movies. They came out in the 90s, and they're just fantastic films. Best monster movies ever made. I am going to just nail that shut right there. Boom. Uh, so yeah, King Ghidra, right? One of the big bads from Godzilla is going to be part of the legendary Monsterverse. That's in 2019. The teaser we got at the end... Showed oh, so Godzilla cool. fighting, uh, you know, against King Ghidra in some ancient cave painting, sure to be, you know, replayed in our hearts and on the screens in that film. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no door
2: ads. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, just continuing on, we don't actually know exactly what's going to happen in the future, but in 2020, uh, we are supposed to be getting the King Kong versus Godzilla movie that
3: we've all been hoping for.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny because, like, as these movies have been talked about like uh, not even just king kong versus godzilla but america coming back and doing another godzilla movie you know one of the titles i hear all the time and i've been doing the podcast for like eight years almost so like i hear this so often is people are like i want to see an updated version of king kong versus godzilla so let's talk about that are you one of those kinds of people I'm game for it. I never thought it would actually ever happen. Right. Yeah, me neither. I was like, how is <laughs> yeah. that going to work? <laughs> you know?
1: So I'm curious how they're going to pull it off, considering both Godzilla and
2: Kong are good guys. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. What will so, make them attack each other? Well, we don't other. know what's going to happen in the movie in between. Godzilla could flip the switch and be say, bad. I was to say,
3: though, isn't Godzilla kind of a bad guy?
2: So, what do you guys think? Is Godzilla a good guy or a bad guy in this in this new Legendary Monsterverse? He's a bad guy. <laughs> neutral. Did anybody say chaotic neutral?
3: Chaotic neutral. Mm-hmm. Who
2: said that? <laughs> I've heard that before. Anyway, uh, yeah. So the speculation that I've always had is the same that if if Toho and uh, Kadokawa were you know going to come together and make a Godzilla versus Gamera film, this is not something I think people really want to see. Nobody wants to see Godzilla destroy Gamera. Nobody wants to see Gamera destroy Godzilla. They're going to no. have to team up against some big bad. That's sort of the, the theory that I have on those yeah. movies. I think so. I mean, he, over time, they've become good guys. Kong has become kind of a good. guy. Sure, yeah, especially now. You should tweet that um. at Adam Wingard, the director of Kong vs. Console. He's very <laughs> active on Twitter. Did you have a question back there? Uh,
0: well, I, I was going to see into my, my comment, but um, also the um, comic that, um, the Kong, is called um, Skull, Island, Skull Island,
2: Birth of Kong. Oh, you, have you read it? I've read like, the first issue. I have like the other like two issues I haven't read yet. OK, right on. Did you enjoy it? Is it like, something you'd suggest? <laughs>
3: Well... All right. <laughs> Super
2: confident answer. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so everybody... It's kind of okay. Waffle about picking it up, maybe. No, no it's, I'm, I'm interested in checking it out. This is the problem with me is that, like, these movies, regardless of how good or how bad they might be, they're about giant monsters, and so I'm a guaranteed ticket sale. You know what I mean? If not multiple ticket sales. And uh, so something like The Kong comic, the Godzilla comic, I'm just going to get those, like those are going to be part of my collection because I have a stupid collection of Godzilla stuff, but uh, stupid good, I mean, and um, so the Kong versus Godzilla thing for me, it's interesting and I've, like I said I've heard so many people over the years talk about how they want to see that but I've never really considered like it a possibility, and now that it is a possibility, not just a possibility, but it's like on the table, they have scheduled it they're probably going to push the dates back every once in a while, but Godzilla vs. King Kong is supposed to come out. So I'm extremely uh, interested in seeing what's going to happen. Adam Wingard is the director. He did... Is did that You're different? Next. Yeah. Man, I thought you would know. He just did Death Note. Anybody see Death Note on, on the Netflix? Yeah, so he Not did Death bad. Note. He did Not You're Next.
3: Bad. Just, yeah,
2: yeah. I just watched it. I was like, it's fine. Michael, and that's
1: how I feel about the movies. <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> and Michael. Uh, dotary
2: is doing the 2019
1: godzilla film
2: oh okay yeah the next godzilla film we see is going to be directed by michael doherty and that's the guy who did krampus and trick-or-treat
1: yeah
2: so he's got some good good work under him i mean i'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do um i don't know about you guys and this is not me trying to talk trash about the 2014 film but i thought that the 2014 film left a lot to be desired for a fan, right? So for, and I'm a super fan. I don't expect everybody to be at the same, like, insane level that I am. But, like, just from the, like, little things, like, man, why didn't they use, like, just a snippet of the classic Godzilla song, right? The dun, 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 dun. It would have been perfect, right, when he showed up in Hawaii, you know? And then they could have just moved on and it would have... That would have like absolutely endeared that movie a little more Mm -hmm. to the fans, you know.
3: Shin did that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Shin did that. Shin Godzilla did that all the time. Yeah, Yeah. they had like several things that were literally pulled from previous Tokusatsu films. Um, I think for me though, I'm not. uh, I'm trying to keep an open mind about these movies, right? Like I want them to be good. That's really what it boils down to. Is I want these movies to be fun. And I didn't consider the Godzilla film to be that fun, but Kong Skull Island was really fun. So if they Hold continue up. with that vibe, I'm, I'm probably going to be good for these.
3: Kong Skull Island had a lot going on for it. I mean, it had an amazing soundtrack. It had a really great cast of characters that you were endeared to immediately. But then I feel like with Godzilla, it was definitely lacking in that, like a... Uh, you just didn't have a relationship with the people like that was so sped up, you know. Like the, the, the accident happened, and then he loses his wife, and then you know. All, spoiler alert. you spoiler now, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. More monster
2: battle. Yeah. The number Word. one complaint I heard was like not enough Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla for a movie called Godzilla.
1: He was like a secondary character. He wasn't even the main monster in the movie, which was kind of sacrilegious. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to all you know, these upcoming films, but the one thing that worries me a little bit is if you throw Mothra, Rodan, and Ghidra in the next movie, Godzilla's gonna get overshadowed again. He's not gonna get his own, you know. I just want Godzilla to have his own movie.
2: Yeah. Fight one monster, but have Godzilla be the main guy. But a real but. Godzilla movie, right? Like where he's yeah. yeah he's not fighting against somebody else. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, like a singular yeah. Godzilla. Like I yeah. think that would have been that would have been cool if that's what they had decided to do with the Legendary Pictures movie. But honestly, we've seen singular Godzilla films, right? The '54 film, the '84 film, which was then, of course, put out here, Godzilla '1985 and then they did that again with the 98 Godzilla. So, I kind of can see where they'd be like, "Yeah, we've already played that game. Let's let's do what everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see Godzilla fight against a monster." So, I'm happy that they did that they did that. But I'm sure somebody out there someone in Hollywood somewhere knows how to make a Godzilla movie that's like engaging and can like play the line between a serious film, a cool film and a fun film really like i mean just a as a show of audience cheers or jeers who likes their godzilla movies to be fun and filled with monsters
3: yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs>
2: I, I mean there's only a few movies where i'm like "Ooh, that's a serious serious look at giant monster destruction everything else is like
3: yeah
2: go get em! <laughs> you know so i want to see that's what i want to do in the in the film like so in the 2014 film when Godzilla finished off the female Muto, you know, that was that was the fist-pumping moment that everybody had been waiting for in that theater. And sure there were things that were exciting, sure things were fun in that in that movie, but like that particular point that sort of like punctuated what Godzilla movies should be, and that's what I really hope we see in the next films.
1: The thing that really frustrated me about that movie was they cut away like two different times right when the monster's about to fight. Yeah. They would cut away or shut the door or something and I'm like,
2: that's frustrating. <laughs> More sacrilege, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> yes. More gotta sacrilege. save them. Uh, so what are you hoping to see in the next film? In the next Godzilla film? Yeah, the next Godzilla film. Because the, the next one is Godzilla. I don't think we're seeing another Kong film until 2020. Yeah, until 2020.
1: Mm. I'm hoping that you know Godzilla gets a decent amount of screen time and you don't fill it with overly cliched characters, which I thought was the problem with kind of both Kong and uh, Godzilla. Because you got to have a little bit of a, you know, human element to draw you in a little bit. It can't all just be monster action. You have to have some, you know, human drama that is at least compelling. But um, I'm hoping we get a little bit more Godzilla in this next
3: one. Absolutely.
2: He is the right, star. Right, He's definitely the star in my heart. Gretchen, what are you hoping to see in the next films?
3: Well, I really want the fairies. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, but I would like to see um, definitely, I mean, where you were saying more endearing characters, I, I would like to see less people. I'm, I'm more like, more monsters, please. More on more monsters. But enough to let Godzilla still have his crown,
2: so we have about twenty minutes left. I minutes. thought this would be a ten minutes yeah. left. Sorry, that's right, ten minutes. Twenty. I can't read. So uh, if you guys have any questions, there's a microphone right there. I
0: think it works. If you uh, want to give it a check, shot, check. Check.
2: Sweet. Works? Yeah. Sweet.
0: Yeah. What's I, up, dude? Hi. I do have a question. Uh, we, we were kind of talking about, you guys were kind of talking about this, about, um, you know, the popularity of Shin Godzilla and how it kind of surprised you. And if I, in my own two cents of the matter, like, the reason the original 54 Godzilla was so resonating mm-hmm. with people was because, you know, it was about, it was a social commentary on the wake of the atomic era and, like, man's meddling in atomic powers. And, mm-hmm. and it was very apt. It was very, you know, timely. And I think, I, I, you know, I think... The reason Shin Godzilla worked really well is because um, they were doing a really good job. It was more political satire. They were doing a good job of poking fun at the the political system in... Japan and how it muddies up the waters and it takes forever to get any traction and I think that like I didn't know they had such a good sense of humor about themselves which was so surprising <laughs> for me to see and I really enjoyed that um, You know, so when you're talking about the next Godzilla movie here in America what, was, what would resonate with American audiences you know as well as that and I, I wonder if it's something like you know we, we all kind of feel a little scared right now about the possibility of atomic war yet again with you know what's going on politically I wonder if there's a way to like ride that same kind of thing and, and make a message you know because you've kind of gone back and forth talking about movies that are really good because they have a strong message, Mm -hmm. um, but also just the really fun ones where it's like, you know, like you said, the the Millennium series, which is really just about throwing monsters at each other for fun. I don't know, what do you think? Do you think uh, the next movie should kind of have something that resonates with the larger audience about what is happening in the world? Should it say something or should it just be for fun?
2: I think it should say something, but like, let's take the Toho movies as an example, like who knows uh, Who knows what the the message was in Mothra vs. Godzilla? Right. You probably can't remember what that message was, but there was one. And just the fact that they had a message, like, I, I approve of that. I'd love to see something like that, because that's something we see. It's a trope in Godzilla movies, you know? These kaiju films come out, and it's like... The very last statement of the film is like, "We really shouldn't have played with nature," or something like <laughs> right. that, you know. And that's, that's. I think that would be another loving nod yeah. to the originals, if, as long as it wasn't super campy, sure. you know.
0: Like Hedora, for example, like the environmental
2: message. Sure. Yeah, yeah, answer, yeah. That's an the obvious side. one. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, and I'd be cool with an obvious one. I'd be cool with a with an implied one. Cool. You know, that's you. an interesting topic that you brought up about the, uh,
1: you know. To resonate with, you know, Americans and what Americans would fear. exactly. But, like, now the studio system in Hollywood, they make movies for a global market. I know, for China. They have to play well in China and Mm -hmm. every place else. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of... No, you're
0: right. right. I kind of think they're going to...
3: Also, I dig your playing...
0: Oh, thank you. Yes, That's awesome. My, my X-Men bling. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I do hip-hop about X-Men, and soon Godzilla for my next
2: book. <laughs> <podcast>. Yeah, <laughs> uh, But, I mean, I've often said, like, that the only way these movies are going to perform well in Japan, again, is to, for them to find something that resonates with the, with the people who are watching those movies. And clearly, the directors, Hideaki Yano and Shinji Higuchi, were able to make a film, Shin Godzilla, that resonated with the populace of Japan, because... That did so well, so well. Thank you, guys. You guys rock. Thanks, man. Word. Any other questions?
4: Hey, uh, my friends and I love Godzilla movies, and one of the big things that happened that we didn't like about the 2014 Godzilla, other than not enough Godzilla, was not enough Brian Cranston. Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Because <laughs> uh, he was, like, the best character yeah. in there.
4: <laughs> yeah, but also just, like, the best Godzilla well, movies yeah. for us have uh, the... The human character, the main human character, is like a scientist. Yes, so absolutely. So whenever it's like Captain McAction Pants, you just kind of <laughs> lose it.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. All the movies from like the 80s and 90s, the Heisei era, yeah. they were all very focused on the military, G-force, right, yeah. and, the, and the you know surrounding military, the JSDF. So seeing them go back in the Millennium series to a lot more scientific stuff, they still had like Mechagodzilla, you yeah. know, and, and did that kind of stuff. But I. I completely agree. Like I want to see the scientists or even like in uh, like I said it before Mothra versus Godzilla, even the reporters, the reporters, you know what I mean? Like them them coming up with the solution working with the scientists, that would mean a lot to me actually if they even did that. Even in
4: Monster and uh, Godzilla versus Gagan you have a comic book artist. Yes, and it's absolutely. Still, yeah. I think better than some <laughs> of the
2: guy, you know No, I, mean? I, I agree. I'm mean, like I think the rumor that I heard was that in order to help the movie out with actual military stuff they had to sort of make it a little more militaristic right. and so that's why we saw actual like uh, military weaponry yeah. and stuff in the, in the movie. and that's one of the
4: things that was, I thought was fun about Skull Island is the scientist characters were really fun and they kind of helped Bring that old vibe back where they're trying to figure all this stuff out while monsters are eating each other.
2: Definitely, yeah. That was, I mean, the best thing I could say about Kong Skull Island is it was really fun. You know what I mean? It's like such, such a good romp. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, man, how's it going?
4: going good. (laughs) Uh, I was wondering if you ever think Legendary will touch upon movies like Them or the giant Gila monster. Some of those more maybe American monster movies.
2: In this monsterverse or just in general? In general, I would never put anything past Legendary Pictures in terms of like rebooting something. You know, like they're, in a, they've almost been like the kings of reboots in the past, yeah. you know, decades. So if they decided to do them or, uh, uh, what's the spider one? Oh. <laughs> like, I would like to see any of those attempts. I just want to see more Tarantial. monster movies. Yeah. Who doesn't want to Tarantial, see more monster yeah. movies in the theater, people? Yeah.
4: I, I've always thought it'd be kind of funny to see how, like, they would take a giant Hilo monster movie and put that into modern times because you look back and it looks so so interesting, so silly, but at the same time, it's like I wonder if they could actually make that work.
2: Yeah, there's so a whole like, can they pull it off? They made a thing, lot right? of other
4: things that I thought would never work. Work.
2: Yeah. So. So would you prefer to see the Gila monster that's, like, low to the ground and his feet sort of slap as he's walking? Or would you rather see him a little more vicious? That would
4: be great. (laughs) I think that would be – if they could pull it off, I think that would be hilarious, but also really interesting if they could still make it a – like, a terrifying character. But also keep that kind of, like, somewhat of a cheesy 50s vibe. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of keep that, like – you know, yeah, yeah. Keep – keep the scientist, scientist people they're like kind of worried and trying to figure it out but the, keep the not too smart military guys of that time and just kind of that clash and then giant helo monster
2: oh yeah that, that's something they should bring back in the new Godzilla movies a little bit of military incompetence is always fun in a giant monster movie yeah no, I, I, I would love to see them tackle any of those classics reboot them and that'd be fun any other questions from the audience so
0: growing up it was my fifties, so of course, in the early seventies, we used to watch it every Saturday. Nice, heck nice. yeah. Uh, of course, I asked my mom if it really happened. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: the historical documentaries, <laughs> <of> Godzilla <laughs> fighting Mother, yeah. Um,
0: so this is kind of a lighthearted question. What do you think happened to the son of Godzilla? I always worry about him. That he oh,
2: him. okay, all right. So, uh, are we going to go full canon? Like, we going to try and go as full canon as possible? So clearly, from 1967, when he was born. <laughs> Uh, he survived that process you know, when uh, the two Kamakuruses were attacking him. So Minya, if, if anybody doesn't know, the name of the baby Godzilla is not Godzuki.
3: No, it's,
2: it's Minya. I don't know how uh, surprising it would be for me to say how many times people come up and say, oh, how about the movie with Godzuki? Anyway. Really know. Uh, so Minya, born in 67 uh, film, he appeared in the 1999, but as you know, because that's Destroy All Monsters is set in 1999. So he at least survived that. And so what I'm assuming is, if he could survive that, he probably continued mutating into some other dinosaurian creature. Maybe yeah. went over to Ultraman. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs>
3: he went to Ultraman. Yeah,
2: yeah, he went over to Super. Ultraman like, he's like, get killed. He's like it. Dad, I don't want to act with you anymore. <laughs> Yeah, he was in Final Wars. Yeah, he was in Final Wars. We, we
3: <laughs> and technically speaking, it wasn't right.
2: Minya. But there, if you if you there guys have any, not seen the movies from, uh, if you haven't seen the movies in the Heisei era, uh, he it was Baby Godzilla, Godzilla Junior, and Little Godzilla too. Sure, yeah, yeah. Shh, shh, they might not have seen that. Anyway, thank you guys all for coming out. We thank really appreciate the giant yeah. monster love. If you want to check us out online, you can go to kaijucast.com and we do a podcast uh, twice a month at least. So, thank you very much.